Hi, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes. One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. Lace up your Doc Martens. It's time for... I never saw that. Previously on I Never Saw That. No, we're not doing that. Not for reals. But we did leave you with a special treat last time that I just want to point out in case you didn't put it together. That was Animal Bag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At the end, at the outro music. You're probably going to want to go back and listen to that again. Mm -hmm. That was Animal Bag. (laughs) Animal Bag. I don't know if you guys noticed me wheeze laughing. Wheeze laughing Animal Bag is the key, I think, to comedy. Yeah. So last time we talked about episodes one and two of My So-Called Life. Yes. A great show from 1994 that Jen missed. And I'm sorry that we didn't do this earlier. I just want to say something right now. Spoiler alert, because the episode we're going to talk about in one moment has only been out for 23 years, four months, and 12 days. (laughs) So if you haven't seen it yet. You should go watch it right now. Yeah. We'll wait. I think. But yeah, pause this, go pick up, like, put down your podcast machine and pick up your watching machine remote and watch episodes three and four, because that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. They premiered in September of 1994. Mm-hmm. Episode three premiered on September 8th, 1994. And I'm actually going to read a quick episode recap in case people haven't seen it and are listening to this. You have some idea of what's going on. Um, This episode was called Guns and Gossip. Oh, yeah. After a gunshot goes off in school, Brian Krakow experiences pressure from from authority figures to inform on Ricky, who is suspected of having brought the gun to school. While parents become very concerned, students remain relatively calm about the situation. Although Ricky did not bring the gun to school, he wants fellow students to think he did, believing that he will be harassed less for his bisexuality. He points out in class that firearms are not just tools of aggression, they're also tools of defense. After Angela comforts Ricky in his car, their friendship grows stronger. Meanwhile, Angela's dealing with a rumor that she had sex with Jordan Catalano. It is discovered that the rumor originated with Brian Krakow. Oh my gosh, so much to go over. I don't know, do we, I mean, that kind of covered it. So should we move on to the next episode? That was episode three, and now I'll read the (laughs) episode four recap and... Then we'll wrap this shit up. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, No, but can I just say a few things? Uh Uh-huh. That's my soda. That's what was yelled. Mm Mm-hmm. When the gun went off. After the gun went off. (laughs) Students rush into the hall. There's a gigantic fucking bullet hole in a locker. It was like an elephant gun went off, and there's soda. Yeah, it was really funny that that was her concern. She because it shot through her locker and her soda was just spilling out of the locker, and she was really upset. <laughs> that That's my soda. Her soda got shot. They played it up later too when she's talking to the the counselor that the school brought in. She was just talking about her soda and what if what if she had gone to her locker to get the soda right See, then? See, and that's that's the thing is that that's that's how she was processing that yes scary situation but it was funny it was also a little bit of comic relief that she was concerned about her soda this episode also paid off another thing that i had brought up previously remember 
so we've had two episodes now where Tino was mentioned. Oh, yeah. But they never showed him. And I was super excited. Like, <laughs> I hope Tino's just a phantom and he doesn't actually ever show up. He did show no, up in yeah, this. We, but we still didn't see him. No. We didn't see his face. He was fighting off Ricky in the hall. We and then he ran away. running away. And I made a comment during... Did I make the comment while we were watching it? Or did I just think to I myself? I don't know. You I don't have think to tell I, me I what I the comment it. was. I wrote, who was writing... Who was Ricky fighting with? On my notes. Was it Tino? It was Tino. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> Tino. Good old Tino. So uh, right off the bat, I would like to say... Do you remember the days of episodes one and two when I so <laughs> ignorantly and blissfully talked about how no one made a big deal out of Ricky being mm. bisexual and wearing eyeliner and stuff and everyone was just cool with it because that's who Ricky was. Well, so much for that bullshit. This episode was about Ricky, which this is great. Episode, I was happy about that. Yeah, but I wasn't he happy got about bullied right. or he gets bullied. We saw a lot of him getting bullied, which of course, of course he does. I mean... You know, these idiot asshole high school kids. Anyway, so that sucked. And then, yeah, it got weird. The whole episode, like, he wanted people to think he had the gun, but it wasn't really his. But Well, yeah, because he wanted people to be scared of him because he thought they would fuck with him less. Right. Which it's a makes weird, perfect sense, it's a actually. Way to, yeah, I guess, when you're a teenager. But there was that great scene that you mentioned in the recap um, with Ricky and Angela. In, in the car. Was it Ricky's car? Why is he sitting in the back seat of a Cadillac in the high school parking lot? I don't know. It, that was weird to me, but it was a sweet scene. She mm. gave him a hug because he talked about how... Yeah, it was almost like a meta moment. Like, it was almost like he was acknowledging what you were saying before. They that were he's responding like, to us he's 23 like, years later. He's like barely a character. He was like, I feel like all I am to you is Rayanne's friend. Yeah. But then she gave him this really warm hug, and now they're like BFFs. Yeah. Yep. So that was very exciting. Good payoff from just an episode ago when I was complaining about that. Right. And just an episode ago when I was an idiot. But then at the end of the episode, they they kind of deal with the gun thing, and it's but it's weird, and it's more about the principal trying to pressure Brian into snitching, basically, and... Oh, it that was all so weird. weird and terrible. But then the <laughs> very so last weird. scene, they walk into school and there are metal, metal detectors. Metal detectors. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, what have we come to? That was one thing that I get annoyed with. You weren't as annoyed with because you were like, these are legitimate concerns, Micah. But the parents were talking. I just get so annoyed with scenes where they're so nostalgic for the good old days when oh, none yeah. of these things happened. And they actually said, what did the mom oh, say? Yeah, she said? Guns and AIDS and serial murderers. Like, what? I also hate that when people say the good old days and all that shit. Like, and that's what she was saying is that they got to walk to school without being afraid and they got to be at school without being afraid. And I, I kind of think that's legit. I yeah. mean, we do, our children do lockdown drills now. Yeah, that shit who, wasn't happening even when we were kids. Who was it safe for? The, the white parents who grew up in the suburbs probably? of pittsburgh was it always safe for everyone i just i yeah i just get annoyed with the because she actually says like we never had to deal with any of this stuff yeah there were bad things happening always i think that her ultimate point actually and this is what this is i think where people are usually coming from especially parents when they're talking about how different things were when we were kids is that they're just feeling they're feeling this fear and loss of control around being able to keep their own kids safe. Yes. And I think that 
ultimately that's what she was saying. It's like they're kids, you know, they should be able to be safe at school. Right. And your perspective is totally different because all the kids took it in stride and were like, it's not a big deal. And yeah, that she was weird probably, too. when she was a kid, she did the same thing. Probably she didn't notice these big things that her parents were probably freaked out about because that's part of being a teenager and feeling invincible and which they bring up too. Did you think the kids were actually not upset about it though? Or were they just trying to be cool? I don't know. I think there were some, that's there were kids scary... that were upset about it. I mean, <laughs> that girl Soda got shot. She was upset about yeah. it. Um, Rayanne was trying to milk it for just to get time off school. Oh, that was um, hilarious. Oh my God. Oh yeah. She went into the counselor. What did she say? She's trying to act all traumatized. She was like having nightmares about it and she can't close her eyes. I just keep going over and over in my mind. Like all my friends and they go by that locker all the time. And it's just, it's not even me. It's just if somebody had been going by there and gotten shot. It's hard, isn't it? You don't think I get a few days off, do you? I dig, Rayanne. I have a few other things that I kind of wrote down here. One was just the word Walkman. Walkman. Yes. Was Give it... me the Walkman, Catalano. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Catalano had a Walkman, and I just have so much love yeah, I don't for think Walkmen. Had... I don't think he had the Walkmans. Walkmans. Walkmen. Walkmans. I don't think it was determined that he did have the Walkman, though. I don't want you to slander him. Doesn't matter. Walkmans rule, and I loved that reference. There were a few big themes that went through it we already talked about ricky being bullied which was a big one and he's becoming a more real character and that's a much more real situation to me now because it was kind of strange that no one had commented on like the parents were confused mm -hmm. he he thinks he's bi but nobody in was... the school had done anything up to that point the other thing that went on was the principal bullying Brian, essentially, yeah. like trying to get him to come clean and tell the truth and threatening, like, we'll, we'll expel you. And he's bringing up, oh, you're such a good student. You're on valedictorian track, Brian, or Mr. Krakow. Yeah, he was making all these threats. Basically, it was like, I can make or break your future is what it sounded like. And you it was, don't tell me the truth and keep the school safe. I mean, all he wanted all he wanted Brian to do was say that it was Ricky. Yeah. I mean, that that's what sort of came out of all of that. So we didn't explain that, really. But Brian went to the bathroom. Brian has stomach issues, we found out in this episode. Yeah. So he apparently had some diarrhea of the butt. Anyways, Brian was trying to deal with his butt faucet, and then he <laughs> heard the gunshot, and he ran out, and he saw Ricky fighting with somebody. He heard the gun go off. He ran out, and then Tino was running away, and Ricky was, like, ducking into another classroom. Yeah, so he did see Ricky, and yeah. props to Brian, though. He didn't snitch. He didn't, and he stood up, and he he gave a really good speech about... Yeah, and he... Because he probably did think Ricky was involved, actually, but he was still trying to protect him, which, well, I mean, again, Ricky I put a plug in for involved. Brian last time, and no, he wasn't. Ricky didn't bring the gun no, to school. No, he didn't bring the gun, but he knew what happened, and... But I think he, he was trying to, to get tino to not have the gun yes. at school that was the whole thing was he was like dude what are you doing you can't have a gun at school yeah, um, yeah and it was also weird speaking of brian's butt faucet mm -hmm. just to bring that up again because that's <laughs> what everyone wants to hear about the principal when he first brought him into his office he asked him oh what were you doing out in the hallway oh yeah he asked if it like, was so he asked what were you doing in there and he said i was going to the bathroom and he said 
Which one? Well, I was leaving the bathroom and I heard a shot. And you were in the bathroom because? Because I had to go to the bathroom. Which one? The one by the... No, I meant what kind. I can't... Why? I think his point was, so you were... You weren't just like standing at the urinal and then you heard something and ran out. This was a noise loud enough. Oh, that's enough right. That yeah, you had yeah, yeah. Because he was like, so you in interrupted nature's call. Yeah. You heard a scuffle loud enough to keep you from taking nature's call, but you didn't see anything. No, sir. <laughs> that guy is a dick, though. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he would get sued so fast. I don't know if that ever would have happened with a principal. Probably because oh, people like never used to question time. that stuff. But I feel like now yeah. it would be so different. Anyway, yeah. so the other big thing about this episode was that there is a rumor going around that Angela slept with Jordan Catalano in his car, which we all know didn't happen because we talked about this last time. Mm-hmm. All that happened in their car was that he tried to kiss her and she stopped him because she was mid sentence. Twice. Yes. And then when she wanted him to kiss her, he didn't kiss her. And she didn't fucking do anything about it either. So nothing happened in the car. But a note is passed around during mm-hmm. class that says Angela and Jordan had complete sex in all caps. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> complete sex. Complete sex. You all know what that means. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you do know what that means, could you please yeah, send me a, an email or I'm something? Because I don't, I don't know. That's not what we called it when I was in school. I'm not sure what complete sex is. Yeah. So this note goes around and everyone's like, well, Rayanne thinks it's awesome, of course. Yeah. But all the dudes are suddenly into her. Mm -hmm. They all want to say hi. She's all getting, she's getting all these looks from guys that normally don't pay attention to her. And it's gross. Yeah. Boys are gross. And Rayanne's so funny. She's like, yeah, they think you put out. It's like this great thing, which, I, you know, hey, that's one way to look at it. It had to be a lot of fun to play that character. Oh, it's so fun. I think her name's A.J. Langer. I think that's the yeah, actress's she's name. She's like the Duchess of Yeah, some the shit Countess now. of Devon. She probably had so much fun playing that character, just getting to say what everyone's thinking and be the yeah. person with no inhibitions and... I totally. Think, she's I so... think shit's about to get darker, though. I, I, I know. I mean, there's definitely been been some foreshadowing around that, but, yeah. but still, she's so full of life, and I dig Rand. But everyone thinks Angela slept with Jordan, and she's mortified. I mean, she's not happy about it at all. I don't remember. Do the girls treat her like a slut? Are people calling her a slut? I think she does um, get called a slut at one somebody point. Somebody asks Sharon about that. Angela's in the bathroom and yeah, Sharon and another girl Sharon. come in and she's like, what? Like she's a slut? And Sharon actually says, no, I don't think she's a slut. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I also thought in that moment that Sharon was the one who yeah, made up made the you. rumor, but it was actually Brian. Yeah. And, you know, that comes from jealousy. And kind of tying the two threads together, if you will, in this episode of the gunshot and the sex, um, there's a meeting. The principal calls a meeting with all the parents where they're all just standing. I don't know why they didn't have chairs available in the gym or something, but they're all just kind of standing around. Standing room only, man. In the gym. There weren't that many people, though. It's a small high school, I guess. I beg to differ. They're talking, or he's talking, and this one woman keeps cracking jokes, and then you find out later that that's Rayanne's mom. Yeah. And she ends up talking to Angela's mom, and then she talks about jordan and how cute he is and it's so great that they're going oh, out oh god that's she right. doesn't even really imply that they had sex but uh kind of she does okay maybe i just wasn't paying attention very I, well but i that 
I, I kind of got that from it. It seemed like she was hinting at the fact that they had sex, but she was like, it's so great. Yeah. Um, and so then Angela's mom goes home and right. asks Angela very awkwardly. Well, also, the other thing about that interaction, and I'm sure we're going to see more of Rand's mom. Angela's mom. God damn it. What's her name? The character? Patty. Patty. Is it really? Is it? I don't know. You said Patty, so I, I think it's thought Patty. it was Patty. I don't know. Well, for right now, we're going to call her Patty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember Rand's mom's name either. God damn it. We need to be better prepared. I apologize to our large Natty? world of listeners. What? Taddy. Okay. Anyway, yeah, Taddy. That's it. So Patty and Patty. Patty and Taddy are talking. Taddy's having a smoke. And yes, as you said already, she tell, she lets the cat out of the bag that Angela and Jordan are a couple, which they aren't even. But it, but she hints that they had like consummated the relationship or something. Complete. But anyway, sense. the point I was trying to make is that Patty is so judgy. It's so clear how much better she thinks she is than this woman, Taddy. Yeah. You know, and well, her name is Taddy. It's a little irritating. Yeah, I mean, it's literally the short version of Tatters. I mean, she is she is pretty. I don't know. I'm trying to think like what I would think if I met that person. I guess I would probably be like. Okay, whatever, lady. But she's just a bit over the top, and I thought it was funny too that her mom, Patty, when she goes home and she's talking to her husband, Angela's father, about whose name is Graham. Graham, thank you. Um, when they're talking, she mentions that Rianne's mom, Taddy, is so beautiful, and I didn't oh have that sense. Yeah, I forgot about that. Well, she she looks young. I think I think and she's she supposed to be young. And... I think she's supposed to be a young mom. Yeah. She wears a lot of makeup. She's kind of stylish. You know, definitely next to Patty, she has the, a way more like young and fun vibe for sure. Yes. But yeah, so just real quick on the whole rumor about them sleeping together in the car. First of all, that's so, that's such a thing that has happened to so many people. And it, it made me very anxious watching it. But there was this really funny part, I thought. And I don't know that it was supposed to be funny, but it, I mean, it was fucked up. But again, with Jordan Catalano proving that he's just kind of an idiot, he approaches <laughs> oh, Angela God. in the hallway. So painful. And he's like, hey, I want you to know, I didn't start this rumor. And she's like, yeah, okay, I know, I mean, whatever. And so you think, oh, and, and, and Angela thinks, oh, he's a good guy. And her thoughts at that point are like, she's like, I, he could have done anything to me right then. Yeah. I wanted him so badly. And then... He's like, so I was thinking that, you know, everybody thinks we did it already, so maybe we should just do it. Pretty smooth, man. Pretty and smooth. she, like, walks away from him. Well, first she notices. She's like, I don't even know what to fucking do with that. She looks at his collar of his shirt or his jacket, and it's, like, worn. And there's a little hole in it. And she makes some weird comment about how maybe he's from a poor family and they can't afford a new shirt. That was really weird and confusing to me. Actually, I need to say something about Jordan Catalano and some comments I've made about him. I enjoy making fun of Jordan Catalano. I do think that he is an empty-headed pretty boy, and that's what his character is. But he's been held back several times in school, and probably he has untreated learning disabilities. Um, yeah, you should dial it back a little bit because you're going to sound like a real asshole. Oh, yeah. So we're going to find out he has learning yeah, disabilities. Yeah. Okay. These are two separate things. His personality is separate from, I mean, sure, if you have right. a learning disability, it's going to affect your personality. But 
I'm looking at these as two separate things. He's a struggling student at school and he needs some fucking help and support. And I don't think he's an idiot for that at all. That's just having learning differences. On the other side of things, I still stand by Angela is too good for him. He's not... He's an idiot in other ways. Yeah, yeah, like he just doesn't... He doesn't... I don't know. Apparently, I'm going to be proven wrong. And we shouldn't use the word idiot anymore because our daughter just came from from school oh god yeah she got in trouble because she was calling people idiots at school so we're gonna have to edit all this out we'll replace it with a different word it'll be really smooth you won't even notice see right now we're saying idiot and you don't even know because we've replaced it with something else and it sounds awesome another thing that happened during this episode Maybe I should save this for the end. Are we pretty much done? I'm pretty I'm, much done with yeah, this. Yeah, I think okay. I'm... So I, mean, one I don't know that I've said anything... That was an odd coincidence. There was a scene in this episode where Angela's in her room listening to some music, and it's the cranberries. And we oh, both looked yeah. at each other and said, oh, the cranberries. Oh, the cranberries. And then we found out that the next the day... The next morning. The day after out. we watched that episode... Dolores O'Riordan, the lead singer of the Cranberries, died yeah. unexpectedly. So that was weird. That was weird. really sad. And she was only 46. I'm a little concerned that something's going to happen after we watch the next episode and some band is mentioned or oh some God, person's like, on there. Oh, God. If like Michael Stipe or yeah. Perry Farrell or Billy Corgan die. I'm just listing bands that she said she liked in the next so, episode. If this is the last episode, the reason is because we felt responsible. So we stopped. So we hope you've yeah, enjoyed Yeah, because listening. we were definitely the only people who heard a Cranberry song that day. Yeah, probably. I okay. agree with with your assessment. Anyway, it is actually really sad. Yeah. And before we move on to episode four, we're going to each share a current event that we looked up from this time period. So we're talking about September 8th to September 21st, 1994, because we covered two episodes uh so that's a two-week span. It's up until the day before the next episode was released. Hopefully that makes sense. So, And what, if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're just saying some things that happened around this time. I have two. On September 14th, which was a little less than a week after this first episode that we just talked about came out, the 28 owners of the Major League Baseball teams all voted to cancel the rest of the 1994 season. It was I the baseball lockout. I saw that. They canceled the World Series. It was I just saw over. that, and then I was like... <laughs> you were like, oh, Mike, I'll talk about that. Yeah, Baseballs. totally. Yeah. Um, the other thing is four days later on September 18th, ironically, Ken Burns' baseball yep. premiered on PBS. Okay, well, I wanted to sort of stay focused on pop culture, which I guess you did also. The same night that episode three was released, which was September 8th, 1994, was the night of the Emmys. Oh. And... Frasier. Oh, yes. Kelsey Grammer won. And Kelsey Grammer won. And Picket Fences won, which I I I had to look up Picket Fences. Tom Skerritt. Yeah. I had to look it up. It's like small town cop show. Small town with like grizzly murders, though. Oh, I don't remember grizzly murders. I mean, I guess any. Anyway, so, but it started in like 92, so I don't really Mm. feel a need to watch that, but I think. No, I don't need to watch that. It's possible we might need to watch some Frasier. The other thing is. Oh, God, no. September 19th, ER premiered. Mm. Now, that was a big deal, and we are definitely going to watch that. We're not going to watch all of ER, but we will at least watch the premiere. Some George Clooney. Hell yeah. Was George Clooney on it at the very beginning? Yeah. 
He was? Well, I think so. I don't know. So that's all I have to say about that, uh, those two weeks in popular culture, but we will definitely be watching ER. Yeah, stay tuned for those episodes. Noah Wiley, George Clooney. Yeah, we're mostly just going to talk about how Juliana Margulies. hot they are. All of them. Yeah, the she's other hot too. characters and actors. So okay. episode four yeah. was about daddies. It was all about daddies. Episode four, which was aired on September 15th, 1994, is called Father Figures. Uh, the main things that happened in this episode was that Patty and Graham are getting audited. Their business, they have a printing business that used to be Patty's father's, and they are being audited. So Patty has to deal with her dad in that. Angela and her dad's relationship is strained. Angela is giving her dad the silent treatment. And then Graham, her dad, gives Angela and Rayanne tickets to see the Grateful Dead. Oh, yes. So I forgot fucking about that awesome, awesome. And uh, Angela scalps them which really pisses off Rayanne and also pisses off her father. So then her father ends up giving her the silent treatment, and it's just... <sighs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. I think those are the important points. Yes. And Rayanne is a huge Grateful Dead fan, we find out. And her mom, of course. Yeah. And Rayanne is going to go with Angela. Angela's dad tries to kind of bridge the gap with Angela and gives her the tickets. Because he can't go because they're being audited. But it doesn't work because Angela doesn't give a shit about the Grateful Dead. Rayanne's super excited. Well, and she's also just pissed at her dad. So she doesn't want to accept this gift from him, I think. But I love that it's the Grateful Dead. Because I had friends who would go to Grateful Dead shows with their parents. I had a couple friends who had hippie parents. And they would like not travel around the country, but they would travel to you know, where they were if it was within a few hours drive. <laughs> it's just, man, what a what an experience that would have been. Yeah, I don't have much to say about this. It would have been really fun to see the Grateful Dead. Come on. And they just keep referring to them as the dead. Yeah, the dead. Throughout the episode, the dead. And, oh, I love it. Ran so shocked that her dad, that Angela's dad is a wharf rat. Yeah, I did not know what that Which meant. Which apparently is a Grateful Dead fan yeah. nickname. And yeah, Rand keeps talking about the dead and she gets really pissed. Like, you don't sell Grateful Dead tickets. You don't scalp Grateful Dead tickets. Mm-hmm. People give them to you. Yeah, that's just how it works. Man, Angela. But it's funny it. because her dad. So again, this is like, I felt like this episode sort of went back to the trope of fun dad and boring bitchy mom yeah because i mean that wasn't all it was about it was also patty was also finding her own stride and independence with her relationship with her own father but when it came to all discussion of this concert at one point she refers to it as a rock concert in this way that just was like jesus christ have you ever heard music i mean and she gets really pissed at Graham because he gives Angela the, ticket, the tickets without talking to Patty. And mm-hmm. Patty, he thinks that she'd be happy because he gave them up so that he could be there for the audit and not have to run off to a concert. And he didn't think about the fact that it's on a school night and it's a Which rock concert like, and come she's on, going dude. by herself. Dude, fuck off. That's, see, that's not fair. You don't... That's one of those things where he's like, he gets to be the cool dad because he never thought about it. And yeah. she has to be the asshole as usual. And that's that's not cool. He's he's a dumb dumb and she's a little uptight. 
And then Patty says, you have to talk to her about this. She can't go to the concert. And he keeps saying, yeah, I'll talk he to her. He keeps putting it off. Yeah. And then it comes out that he intentionally didn't talk to her because he wanted her to go to the concert. Because he saw them when he was 15, yeah. which I was just like, Jesus Christ, who sends their 15-year-old to a Grateful Dead concert like by themselves? You know. I mean, Two maybe generations you just don't of parents care. Maybe it's, maybe it's just fine. You know, you go and you know that they're going to be high as fuck and just... Whatever do you mean, Jennifer? The Grateful Dead is known for drug use. Yeah, they really are. That explains a lot. Throughout this episode also, Rayanne's mom refers to Rayanne. Or sorry, not Rayanne's mom. Patty, Angela's mom, refers to Rayanne as that Rayanne person. Every time she talks about Rayanne. Oh, also, it was called Father Figures, this episode, and it was all about fathers. And... Rayanne does not have a father figure in her life. So so she was, you know, hanging out at Angela's house and got to know Angela's dad and was really happy about that. And they were kind of developing this camaraderie, which Angela was not a fan of. And, but can I just say that in it seemed creepy to me at first. It seemed flirtatious to me. Mm. And I don't I don't know, but that I think that's just his personality he and he's yeah, trying but to be it's cool inappropriate. and yeah. And Angela was also pissed off about it, not just because Rand's her friend and stuff, but because she was pissed at her dad and he's having an affair, which Rand later, she brings up to Rand and Rand's like, yeah, big deal. My mom has so many boyfriends. I don't even. Yeah. Rand's talking about how she doesn't have a dad and stuff or how easy Angela's life is or something. And Angela's like, well, you don't know. He's not always so great. And. She tells her, she tells Rayanne that he, she saw him talking to some other woman, and Rayanne's like, yeah, and? But Angela, whatever your dad may be doing with whatever girl, and you don't even know if he is, he's still the type of dad that would lay two dead tickets on you. Out of nowhere. what matters this part was funny to me because i thought she was gonna say something like he's still the kind of dad that's there for you or he's still but no (laughs) dead tickets which still i mean that basically means the same thing to her you know that is being there for you and that is like looks like rayon's dream having a dad into the dead it was very funny but it was interesting that moment and there was also a moment with ricky where they pointed out the contrast between her family and Ricky and Rayanne's families and how... Ricky doesn't... He said he didn't know his dad or his dad didn't want him, but his uncle is kind of like his dad, but yeah. he's scared of him. I'm somewhat afraid of my dad. I mean, in the past, my dad has broken down my door. My dad always knocks. I had a feeling. <laughs> and there's yeah. just this moment where he's... You know, it's very clear that... The consequences are different. Well, yeah, exactly. The consequences are different and, and the, the stuff that people are, are going through is different. And that, yeah, I mean, that hits home a little bit for me just because, and I say say this in our intro episode, that people were going through so much worse shit, you know, than I was going through. She's from a two-parent household. Her parents own their own business. Her parents own their own business. They treat her with respect most of the time. They don't hurt her. I mean, you know, there's just a, a lot of layers going on there. And I have a feeling we're going to learn a lot more about that with both Rayanne and Ricky. Yeah. What the fuck was going on with Rayanne's hair after the Grateful oh, Dead yeah, show? Oh, yeah, I hope that doesn't continue. It almost, was it, it looked like cornrows, sort of. Part yeah. of her head looked like cornrows, and then 
Really Other bad, parts were sloppy just cornrows. yeah, sloppy braids hanging down. Like it was very. She's made a lot of not cool, questionable fashion decisions so far. Only into the fourth episode, but that one was problematic in different ways. I wrote down again, Ricky, with the open, honest, emotionally aware comments, but I didn't write down what the comment was, so I don't know. But again, every episode so far, Ricky has struck me as so emotionally open and honest and just i just love him more and more he's great and i think he's going to become more of a great character because i remember really liking him and his character as a child when i was watching this 23 years ago Mm -hmm. do you remember the classroom scene oh with the guidance counselor who comes in oh my god it yes fucking made me laugh so hard so as a person who's been a teacher, I always love the way that, or really not love the ways that classrooms are portrayed on television. Uh, and this one was so hilarious. Like, first of all, this woman who works at the school, apparently. Well, so the situation is that the teacher was not in the room. I think he quit. I think she The teacher asked, quit and yeah. somehow there's no sub. Yeah, the sub <laughs> no, left. There's no other teacher. Okay, the sub left. So yeah, this woman, the guidance counselor, I guess, walks in. She's like, whose classroom is this? And I was like, what the fuck? Don't you work at this school? You would know whose classroom it was. Maybe you shake your new. head. Micah, you would know. Maybe she's but new. The Maybe kids, it's a huge school. She never goes down that wing. The kids in the classroom are, they're doing things that I think they're just like the stereotypical things that people think kids would do left unsupervised. So they're like throwing wadded up paper. Yeah, and I did that. Like sitting on the desks. Yeah, and did that. It, it just felt, it felt like very... Curated. Constructed. Carefully constructed chaos. Yes. You know what I mean? It just was, there was nothing about that scene that felt real at all to me. Like the kids were just all caricatures, basically. Yeah. A couple other great pop culture references that came up in this show were Patty told Graham to turn the TV off. They were in bed. It was late at night because she just can't stand that new guy. I miss Johnny. And she was, of course, oh, yeah. talking about The Tonight Show. <gasps> That's right. With Jay, Jay Leno. Leno. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah, the same I miss way, Johnny, Patty. too. And I don't remember what she was referring to, but all I wrote down in my notes was that she asked, Patty asked Graham, like, who else is going to be there? Heidi Fleiss. Hollywood madam, but I don't know what she was talking about. And I do want to talk more about the, I want to talk more about the other plot with the audit Mm -hmm. and her dad. Um, So I had a really hard time giving a shit about the audit itself at first, but then, then I realized it's more about her relationship with her dad. Episode four has, was by far the weakest for me so far. And I think the audit plot was a big part of that for me. It wasn't great, but there was... There was some good relationship stuff with daddies and Patty well, and becoming her own person and standing up to her dad and finally telling him how she feels, which I thought was weird the whole time because she took over the business. Like, if he's such a sexist, yeah, he, he doesn't was think a blatant, women can do anything. He was a blatantly sexist asshole in this episode. Why would he let her take over the business? I don't think that... I mean, he does make a comment like that, like, oh, never send a girl to do a man's yeah. job or something, but... Under his breath. But... I actually don't think that it that he thinks she's incapable. I think that he just doesn't want her to question him. And that's what really comes up is like, yeah. I never thought my own daughter would essentially question my authority. And she is just now as an adult learning to be able to do that. And she's she finally does confront him yeah. and says, you know, if I'm going to do this, I need you to know that 
that she knows what she's doing and she's competent yeah. and she has ideas. She tells him, I have, I have ideas and he yeah, finds and that, her business and plan. And she's not always going to agree with him yeah. or, or follow his instructions. And there's a great scene with Patty and Graham after she does this, or maybe it's before she stands up to her dad, but it's when she's realizing, like going through all the books and stuff, that he didn't do everything right, and she has to take care of some oh, things. Oh, right, because they find out it's his scene fault. Yeah, with Graham, where she tells Graham because Graham's going through a similar thing with his own daughter, where she's pushing him away. Oh yes, I was just going to talk about this. You need to let her push you away. I loved that part so much. I think that I probably cried at that part. I did not turn to Micah and say anything though this time. <laughs> but that really, really moved me because yeah, what she said was you have to let her push you away and not punish her for it. Right. And I was so I was very, very moved by that. And I feel like that was also beyond its years. Maybe it's not. I just really, really, really appreciated her saying that. Yeah, it was a great and that was fantastic. That was so wise and yeah. And not to bring up Strange Brew again, but I did just want to point oh, well, out some everything some back parallel, to that. some parallels oh, with Strange did you? Brew. Yes, was um, it the flying dog? Yeah, the flying dog at the end of the episode was was, was the same flying dog okay. from Strange Brew. Uh huh. Hoser, Hoser was the dog's name, um, but <laughs> no, but there were some parallels. I think what's going on here because the, their small business is getting audited because of some things that her father did years ago. It's an old tax return that's being audited. You think he's the same guy that he I is in Strange Brew? I think it's because of the mind control scheme with Brewmeister Smith. I think that's why they're there. Possibly that came up, but I think that seems right. Also, the scene where the auditor comes to their house and she drags out of him what's going on. He does the same thing that he does on the stand in the courtroom scene in Strange Brew where he just overshares <laughs> for no reason, like unprompted. <laughs> he just starts talking about what he did wrong. Um, hmm. I'm starting to feel like Paul Dooley was a little typecast at yeah. that point. Yeah. Huh. So we're going to have to watch Strange Brew yeah. <laughs> dubbed or... or um. Oh, synced up. Synced, like, thank you, Pink with, Floyd with thing. A, yeah, mm, like the Lion nice. King. With, I mean, I'm not going to do that, but I think mm. you should probably. Well, or our listeners should, and just report back. Let us know how it goes. That's a great idea. Yeah. Better so, a little you bonus than me. Go watch some um, My So Called Life, <laughs> and then watch up with, yeah. Strange Brew. No, um, not then. Sync that shit up. Okay. You're going to need two screens for this shit. Yeah. Do it. Okay. I had a question, which was why was shaving such an issue in this episode? What's the symbolism there? Because Graham oh. wasn't like he had some stubble and it was a really it was annoying to Angela. Like she didn't want him near her because of it. And then there was something with shaving with her dad, too. Yeah. With, um, Patty, Patty said, said that she she liked his stubble or something a little bit when he. No, but with Patty's dad, there was something yeah. with shaving. She told her dad that she used to like it when he had a little bit of stubble or something. And he'd come in and kiss her goodnight or some. Something yeah, like I get. That. I think it was just all somehow connected to just. It's just all daddies and it's daughters. Daddy daughter like connecting when your daughter is a little girl. Mm -hmm. I think that's what yeah. That was about. And we did get to see, mm. um, we did get to see Brian Rollerblade again at the very end. Oh of shit! The episode. And that guy can blade. Oh, he's got skills. No, he was doing some sweet tricks. Mm -hmm. And that scene was hilarious because Graham was up on a ladder trying to clean the gutters and he was trying to get Brian's attention to have come help. Because that's what I usually do when I'm working on my house is I'll yell at random teens in the neighborhood to come help hey, me. And hold teen. Something. Hey, teen. Hey, teen on rollerblades. Hey, you're on wheels. Why don't you get up on this ladder with me? 
<laughs> uh, yeah, and Brian either didn't hear him or pretended not to hear him. Oh, he just kept waving Brian at him. Brian did not not hear him. There was also a lot of orange juice in this episode. I don't know what the symbolism there, but I think that's another uh, challenge for our listeners to figure out. Shit ton of orange juice. Okay. Can we go back to the final scene with Brian rollerblading? Okay. He grams up on the ladder and Angela does come out. And yeah. she climbs up the other side and she helps him and they kind of make up a little bit. And he's he's got the boombox up on the on the roof there Which is listening to some dead. The Grateful Dead. Well, he's fixing the gutters. And I also noticed he was wearing a Pittsburgh Penguins cap, which I think I had that same hat hmm. at that time. I was I was into the Penguins, the Mario Lemieux days. There this show is set in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she asks Angela asks him to turn the dead off. Um and he's like, Well, what are you listening to these days? She listed Smashing Pumpkins, Rage Against the Machine, and Porno for Pyros. And I was like, Oh shit. So first of all Come on, those three are up I, there though, right? They're they're well, like back big then, for you. Yeah. Back then. They're not my favorite bands now, but no. um Smashing Pumpkins was big for me at age fifteen. I actually got to see them live at a little club that used to be in Portland called La Luna. It was small and it was such a special experience. I lost a shoe and my friend got knocked out. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, of course. I fucking love them. But also, porno for pyros? Yeah. I don't know why I was so stoked that she said that. Not Jane's Addiction. Porno for pyros. If you don't know who that is, Jane's Addiction was and is still one of my favorite bands. And the lead singer from that band, Perry Farrell, formed another band called Porno for Pyros. And they only put out one album, I think. Yeah, one or two, maybe. Maybe you're probably right. Uh, I don't. I mean, I left, so that's the thing mm. we're gonna have to find out. If if they put out another record while I was gone, we're definitely listening Listen to, to all that. the Pornos I don't for think Pyro's I've heard back it. catalog. Uh, anyway, she also mentioned a couple that. other bands. She said Billie Holiday, which was cool. Oh yeah, but Sandwiched between Porno for Pyros and Billie Holiday is one of my all-time least favorite bands, Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, that's right. I forgot about they them. They just annoyed the shit out of me. I don't know why. I but don't have any feelings about them. That's. Uh, I think that's a bad, more really. appropriate response to Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, they're like, they are grunge. Like, that's why they had her say that band, because they were... Yeah, but I always felt like they just weren't... Just typical, like... That they were too late, and they were not... They didn't feel real to me. They were just like... Should have been Soundgarden. That would have been a yeah, better one. Yeah, that would have been better. Yeah. Notes for the reunion, the My So-Called Life reunion change the band to Soundgarden? I'll just have her talk about Soundgarden <laughs> at some point. Okay. Because I know the screenwriters are listening right now. Also, Yoko Ono was brought up in this episode, mm. and I liked that because it was, again, just a little, a little slice of feminism there. But it was also really funny because Patty was like, you know, I found out that Yoko Ono wasn't the reason the Beatles split up, but it was because of Paul McCartney. And then she's like, why is everyone so mean to her? Why does everyone give her such a hard time? Is it just because she can't sing? <laughs> but I love that because people do give Yoko Ono a fucking shitty time. And I don't really understand that. It seems really odd and sexist. Well, yeah, because they think she broke up the Beatles. Racist, too. Which were the best thing that ever yeah. happened to Western culture. Jen, are you not aware of the Beatles? Last thing I want to say. She ruined it. Is that on the topic of just style, mom jeans. There were mm. so many mom jeans in this episode, and not just adults. Even on Graham. Angela was wearing mom jeans at the end of this oh, episode. Oh, yeah, you're Like, right. they were was that stylish. The style? Yeah, they were stylish at this time. They're, like, pulled up to your belly button. I don't understand that that fad, but... Those are a thing again, right? Aren't high-waisted jeans cool again? I don't know. I'm 40. I don't... 
The young the young ones are wearing them jeans again, Jen. We really didn't say anything funny at all in this episode, but <laughs> we're sorry. We talked a lot about my so-called life. Um and there's only 15 more episodes. So <laughs> Yeah, so it'll be over soon. Keep listening, please. Now, the next one we're going to watch episodes 5 and 6 and dig in some more. I'm hoping that we might have some guests on to talk about this show soon. Because yes. the show meant a lot to a lot of people, I think. And, and I think we're going to specific- get into some really good it's, episodes soon. They're just hitting yeah. their stride. Like, these are the first four episodes of the whole show ever. Yeah. The characters are still being developed. I think it's going to get There's better. a lot of revelations to come. So thank you for listening. And uh, you can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We have a website, which is ineversawthat.com. Please check us out there. We're also working on written transcripts of the show to make it more accessible. Yeah, if you enjoy listening to us not be funny about episodes of 23-year-old <laughs> TV shows, please tell your friends. Yeah. Um, review us on iTunes. It really is helpful. Uh, like us on Facebook, Instagram, oh yeah. all those things. No, join the Facebook group. Oh, yeah, we have a Facebook what, group. Um, Do that yeah, instead. please join the Facebook group because that's, that's where we're going to interact with people and it'll be fun. Pro tip for the future, anytime we're talking about social media things, if I say it, don't do what I say. Do something similar. Do what Jen says because she actually knows how these things work. We also do have an Instagram account. I never saw that. If you're interested in that, if you're not on Facebook. Thank you to Minus Violet for our intro music. Also, thank you to Fifi Folios for all of our interweb stuff, setting up our website for us. Um, and thank you to Grandma Cray who did our artwork. Yes. And until next time, see you in the 90s. Thank <laughs> you.